Amen. Where's she at? Come here, Julie. You may be seated. Real quick before Kids Club goes back. This is, this is my buddy, Jolie, right? And, and I knew her when she was like this, right? When she couldn't even walk and she had to be carried around. And now here she is and she wants to be part of our worship team. Amen? Yeah, clap, clap. She's a little nervous this morning. So, of course, I'm doing this, right? But I'm doing this not to make her more nervous, but so that she knows that you love her just like I love her. And that we're going to lift her up and we're going to encourage her. We're thankful for Tim, her dad, back there with us. And Grandma and Grandpa, Vicki and, and Wayne with us this morning, this morning too. And uh, we're excited for her. Amen. She's back there hiding, playing her drum and everything else. But she's pretty soon going to have a microphone, be singing. And she says, uh, Chain Breaker. Chain Breaker's on the, uh, on the uh, plans for her to share with us. So uh, we're excited for her. So I want you all to get to know her and say hi to her and make her feel welcome. And uh, we're just excited to have her with us, right? Yeah, the arm getting better? You don't have that great big J on it anymore that I wrote on it. I have it at home. You have it at home? Okay. Keep that forever. Forever and ever. Okay? Promise? Pinky promise? Yeah? Okay, cool. All right. (laughs) We appreciate her this morning and appreciate each one. and, and, And we want everyone to feel welcome to be what God calls you to be in this place. And I think it's important that we understand the Scripture because sometimes if we're not careful, we can think, <clears throat> we can think that God is calling us, to places, uh, calling us to places that He really isn't or that He really won't, according to the Word. But when He does call us uh, where He is, then I think we have to respond. And, <clears throat> and as a church, I think we need to encourage Okay, I'll try that again. As as a church, I think we need to encourage. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Because if we're not encouraging, we're discouraging. Right? If we're not encouraging, we're discouraging. And if we're discouraging, that's a problem. That's a problem. And uh, I'm not much for for discouragement. I'm not much for finger-pointing I went weeks without doing that, and now I'm doing it like every week. I still love you, no matter if the sign falls or not, right? So we've been talking about Moses, and we've been in the book of Exodus, and we've been talking about Moses, and we've been talking about walking away. And we've used Moses as an example of that because Moses was faced with with the, the, the shift that most of us are faced with when we come to Jesus, right? Very rarely... Do all of us come to Jesus at an early age and remain with Jesus throughout our life? Sometimes we come to a point and place in our life where we begin to embrace the things of the world and we move away from Jesus. Now, that's not, that's not carte blanche for, for you to embrace the world. Amen? I, I was at a table with a, a young high school friend one time and, and his dad and I were kind of talking about some of the stupid things that we did back in the day. And he said, um, I don't have any stories to tell. He was like a senior in high school. He's like, I don't have any stories to tell. And I said, never be ashamed of that. Never, ever be ashamed of that. I said, because I wish I could sit where you are and say what you just said. I wish I could say 100% that I have no stories to tell. And don't think for a minute 
that I'm glorying in those stories just because we're sharing them. What we're really doing is we're exhibiting our ignorance in the moment and of the time and, and so forth. So I, I hope that encouraged him um, to that understanding. So I'm not giving you carte blanche to create stories, but what we see is all of us have to come to a place in our life where we have to choose the things of God rather than the things of men, right? Moses was in a place where he was put in the, in the basket. He was received by the Egyptians, and, and the Egyptian princess gave him back to his mother, long story short, gave him back to his mother to raise him up to a certain age, basically school age, right? So from that time, Moses received what? Jewish instruction, he received the instruction as if he would have been brought up in his own mother's home, right? And, and so it created an understanding, at least an, an, an informative understanding, uh, of how he was to live and what was expected and what the customs of the Jewish people were. Then, as practicum would have it, he was given back to the Egyptian princess, and from that point forward, he was raised as an Egyptian, He was taught their ways. He was taught their customs. He was taught their lifestyle. And he modeled that lifestyle as he was in that house. And as he got older, he came to a point and a place to where one day he had to make a crucial decision. He had to make a decision on whether I'm going to support and uphold this or I'm going to support and uphold that. And in the midst of that moment, he took took one of the slave master's lives because he did not like the way his brethren was being treated. His, his Jewish brethren was being treated. And so he took the slave master's life. And, and in that moment, Moses had to make a decision of, okay, do I, do I stand and, and receive what's coming to me because of this? Or, or do I choose to walk away and embrace the life elsewhere? Pursue other things. And you see, we are all going to be posed that decision. We are all going to be given that decision in our life. We have a choice to walk away from the things that have become part of our life, the carnal, the fleshly, the worldly, whatever term you want to put to that. We all choose if we're going to maintain that lifestyle or if we're going to walk away from that lifestyle and embrace what God really has for our life. You know, and it's hard for us to understand, and we hear things in the church, we hear preachers say it, we hear Sunday school teachers say it and everything else, that, that God has a plan, that when we were created, we were created for a purpose, and, and on and on and on and on. And we hear those things to the point that we're kind of numb to it, right? But I think Moses is the greatest example for God's plan for us in our life. Because what Moses gives us is Moses gives us the very real fruit that God wants to do something big and God wants to do something powerful in our life. And the reality is Moses had no idea what was going to happen. He left Egypt that day. He walked out into the wilderness. He found a family. He found favor with that family. He found a wife. He had a son. And he was happy herding the sheep on the side of the hill. He had found an okay life, away from the turmoil, away from the struggle of am I a Jew, am I an Egyptian, and everything else. And probably that's all he really wanted was just to get away from the turmoil. And so he found solace in this place, herding the sheep, and God appeared to him in a bush. And I'm summarizing the first three units of this really quick. God appeared to him in a bush and called him to go and deliver 
Israel out of Egypt. And Moses again had a choice to make. I'm pretty happy here, God. Right? God ever ask you to do something? Huh? You ever get that burning in your heart? That God's leading you somewhere? God's wanting to take you somewhere? And you kind of have the response of, you know, this is okay. Where I'm at is okay. You know, that's kind of uncomfortable. That's kind of, that, that's kind of scary. That's kind of not what I had planned, God. Right? We've all been there, right? In one way or another. That's not my plan, God. And God's kind of like, yeah, I know. Your plan stinks. Huh? Your plan stinks. Right? I'd say other words there, but it offends some people. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Sometimes because we don't see everything that God sees. Sometimes because we don't understand everything that God understands. Sometimes because we don't embrace the power that God operates in. We begin to question His authority and we begin to question His ability to work in us and do incredible things. So Moses again posed with a choice of, do I, do I go to Egypt? Do I go to Egypt and, and do this? God, who, who do I tell him sent me? I can't talk very well. I can't do all this. If you notice, he never, really, he never really said no, but he questioned how it would unfold, right? And basically, it was a, it was a time and it was a moment where, where Moses had to decide to walk away from where he had become comfortable. Y'all, y'all hearing me, right? To walk away from where he had become comfortable and choose to embrace what was unknown and embrace what he was forced to fully rely on God for. Right? That's tough to do sometimes. That's really tough to do sometimes, right? Because, you know, we, we put our plans down. I've shared with you how Sam and I put things on paper and it didn't line up and, and this and that and the other. And, and then God said go and we did it and bam, something happened we weren't expecting. And it's happened numerous times in our life, right? And, and so forth. It's really easy for us to lose sight of the greatness of God, right? It's also difficult for us or easy for us to lose sight of the greatness of God when we're forced to persevere, right? Last week, I, I thought I was going to sum this up last week, and I was going to talk about two things, trust and perseverance, but God wanted us to just hang out in trust for a little while, right? Two weeks ago, last week was baptism, right? Two weeks ago, we were going to talk about trust and perseverance, the things Moses was forced to do as he served God. He was, he was forced to trust him, who, who do I say sent me? How, how are these things going to happen? And God basically just took the attitude of, you need to shut up and let me be God and do my thing. Right? That's pretty much God's response to him summed up. Right? You tell him that I am sent you. And when he, when he kept questioning God, God got angry. Bible says God got angry. And, and God basically told him, look, you just go. I will supply the power. I will allow the rod to do its work. I will bring the sustenance to what I'm asking you to do. You just go, right? And a lot of us don't like that. A lot of us want the plan. A lot of us want the resume. A lot of us want it figured out. A lot of us want a five-year plan and a, and a vision and all of this and that and the other. But God doesn't operate in the convenience of those things. 
God operates in the unknown, in the powerful of heaven. In the power of heaven. That's where God operates. He will operate in the anointed more than He operates in the plan. And we have to understand that. That God is going to move according to God's plan and God's purpose. So it means we have to trust Him. We have to believe that when He says, I won't leave you alone... He's not going to leave us alone. When God says, I will be there, God's going to be there. When God says, I will move upon your enemies, He will move upon our enemies. We have to trust Him to be God. Right? We have to trust Him to do the things that we can't do. Right? He's not asking us to do superhero things. Right? He'll do superhero things in us when we choose to walk with Him. But the only way we're ever going to walk with Him is when we choose to walk away from the flesh. When we choose to walk away from the carnal. When we choose to walk away from self. When we choose to walk away from our little happy places. Right? Where nothing is uncomfortable and nothing bothers us and everything is happy. Right? Because ultimately that's what we want to be, right? That's what we want to be is happy. I wonder how happy it was to come and leave heaven and, and walk here. I wonder how happy it was to, to endure Golgotha. I wonder how happy it was to be taken off of a cross dead and laid in a tomb. I wonder how happy it was to do all that Jesus has done for us, but yet He did it, and He did it willingly, and He did it because of God's plan and God's purpose. He trusted the Father. Countless times throughout, when the disciples would fail, He would say, how long must I suffer you? Why? Because He was trying to get them to understand that their eyes were on themselves and their eyes were on the world. Their eyes were not on God. And because of that, they kept failing. Right? I, I find it so truthful. Scripture tells us about one where much, much was forgiven. And because much was forgiven... They became so on fire for Jesus. I was thinking that as they were singing that song, Set a Fire Down in My Soul. And, and I've seen this on and on and on and on, that sometimes when, when we never really have to be forgiven a lot, we find it a whole lot easier to judge those who are rather than empower those who are. Amen? And, and the reality is those who have a whole lot to be forgiven are a whole lot quicker to raise their hand in praise and rejoice at what God has done in their life than, than those who just kind of slid in. Right? And that's probably insulting to some of you, but, but the reality is some of us have never really had to work too hard for our salvation. Some of us have never really had to pour our heart out on an altar of prayer. Some of us have never really had to walk away from a whole lot of garbage that the world brought in our life. And because of it, we have a lesser view of who God is. Because of it, we have a lesser understanding of His power and His grace and His mercy. And a lot of us today walk around with our noses in the air because we've been taught nothing else. And the reality is that we are called to a place of grace. We're called to a place of mercy that we impart that and we behold that and we love that into others. It's why Jesus said to be salt and light to a dying world. Amen? It's why He told us to go and compel. Right? It's why He told us to work and disciple 
those who needed restored. Amen? And least of all, He told those... mm, He told those that when we find our brother in a fault... We don't sue him up and spit him out. We don't point fingers at him. We don't talk about him behind his back. But what did he say? He said, ye which are spiritual. And you know what that verse teaches me? And a lot of the garbage I've seen in the churches over the years, you know what it taught me? It taught me there ain't a whole lot of spiritual folk. A whole lot of religious folk. But there ain't a whole lot of spiritual folk going and putting their arms around people and restoring them into the house of God. Amen? You can ouch that or amen it. Listen, I believe that we are called to a point and a place where we have to walk away from the things that keep God from moving like God wants to work and like God wants to move in this land and this opportunity. Because of it, sometimes we've got to get our hands dirty. Because of it, sometimes we've we got to hug necks that it just doesn't look too holy. Amen? To hug. Amen? Jesus kind of did that when the woman came in and was washing his feet. Amen? But that same woman that washed his feet, that Simon turned his nose up at it, was one of the last people at the cross. Amen? Because she understood the power of her forgiveness. She understood the power of God that moved into her life. And so I tell you all of these things because I want you to understand that when Moses kept going back to Pharaoh, he went alone. He and Aaron went alone. He stood alone. He endured alone. He faced Pharaoh alone. And he turned around and he faced the Jews that were just as willing to crucify him as anything alone. He stood by himself with God. And sometimes, sometimes, a lot of times, when we choose to walk with God, we're forced to do it alone. We're forced not to rely on the things of this life, the people of this life, and the things of this world because we have to rely on God. Moses had no choice but to rely on God. Moses had no choice but to trust that God would do what God said He would do. So when Moses walked away from Egypt, when Moses walked away from his new family, And when Moses came back, not even his own people received him with welcome arms because of the hardship his job brought on them. You understand that, right? The Scriptures, I always get so into preaching, I forget to read you the Scriptures. In in the 15th chapter of, of, uh, in the 15th verse of chapter 5, let me give you the context, it says this. Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried unto Pharaoh, saying, Wherefore dealest thou thus with thy servants? There is no straw given unto thy servants, and they say to us, Make brick, and behold, thy servants are beaten, but the fault is of thine own people. What happened is Pharaoh got so upset at what Moses was trying to do that he told told the slave masters, Don't give them straw anymore. Let them go get their own straw to make the brick. Which, which made their job so much harder, so much more difficult, and now they were whining. But who did they take their complaint to? Pharaoh. When we start whining around and complaining outside of the will of God for the things in our life, we might think we're taking our whinings to God, but the reality is we're taking our whinings to Pharaoh. We're going before Him and we're saying, why? You say, well, wait a minute, I pray to Jesus. I ask in Jesus' name and everything else. Yes, but if you are outside of God's plan for your life, 
God's sitting there kind of looking at you like, dude, you know, get your eyes off of me and get your eyes off Pharaoh and get your eyes off the world and walk away from that garbage and then I might be able to hear that prayer because the reality is you're asking me for something that is against what my plan and what my job for you is. And so sometimes we, we got to walk away from, from the stuff that makes us happy and makes us comfortable, from the stuff that, that we've aligned ourselves with our whole life. There's times that God will move upon us in such a way that we've got to say, mm, no, I'm not going to honor that because that's not my plan. I'm not going to bless that because that's not my plan. I'm not going to move in that because that's not my plan and you need to get on board with me. Right? And this is exactly where Moses was. Moses was in a place where he had to choose to trust God, but not only did he have to trust God, he had to choose to persevere when everything else fell apart around him. He had to choose to stand when the winds came and the rains fell and the waves beat against him. Amen? The Apostle Paul, when everything was falling apart on him, he said, having done with all to stand, I'm going to stand. Amen? And he did. He did just that. I've said this before, and, and y'all have heard me say this, and you'll probably hear me say it a thousand more times. If God leaves me here as your pastor, it, there's no plan there. I'm just saying if, if I'm here for a long time, you're probably going to hear it a lot. And I mean, one of the reasons that, that I, I am bought into this thing wholeheartedly, don't get me wrong, my salvation comes from Jesus Christ. I know why I'm saved. I know where I'm bought. Amen. But one, one of the things in Scripture that really speaks to me as a man is the fact that every single disciple, the only way you could shut them up about Jesus was to take their life. You want to talk about perseverance? You want to talk about going through hell? You want to talk about dealing with adversity? You want to talk about circumstances beyond their control? My Bible gives me reason after reason after reason of people who walked away from the world and walked away from the things of this life and embraced God's path and God's plan for their life and did it passionately. Amen? When's the last time you ran into somebody passionate about Jesus? Huh? Instead of somebody just, yeah, I go to church on Sunday. Huh? Yeah, I love Jesus. But let me tell you about everything I'm miserable about. Huh? Huh? Come on, man. Get passionate. Get on fire. Let Jesus light a fire down in your soul. Let Him work in you the, the power and the glories of heaven. Let His imminence become your existence. Amen? Let every breath you take in be about Jesus. Let everything you think, everything you say, and everything you do be about Jesus. Let your drive come from the understanding of being at His feet. Amen? And your life will take on new challenges, new roads, and new blessings that you can't fathom. Amen? Why? Because you will begin to walk in the unknown. You will begin to walk in the unknown, hand in hand with Jesus, allowing Him to do the incredible. Right? And here's a secret. I'm not the only one called to that. You're not the only one called to that. We're all called to that every single but oops huh 
Y'all know I'm real, okay? I don't put on, I don't put on any, any fake thing here. But every single honey, how's that? Is that better? Sitting in a pew has been called. Every single one of you has been set apart for a purpose. Every single one of you has been called into the presence and the glory of the Almighty God to do great things in His name. Right? It's not just these guys we talk about. Right? It's not just the Billy Grahams that we talk about. Amen? He's calling you. He's asking you to walk away. He's asking you to trust in I Am. And He's asking you to persevere against this world. Amen? Here's what happened. I'm going to keep reading now. <clears throat> I might get more than two verses in this time. He says... But he said, ye are idle, ye are idle. This is Pharaoh talking to the, to the Jewish people. Ye are idle, ye are idle. Therefore ye say, let us go and do sacrifice to the Lord. Does this sound like the devil to you? Huh? Go therefore now and work. Amen. You ever think the devil wants you doing a whole lot of stuff outside of God's purpose and God's will? Huh? You ever think the devil wants you busy doing worldly things rather than walking in the holiness of God? Absolutely he does. Amen? Pharaoh tells us so right here. Yet ye shall deliver the tale of bricks. And the officers, officers of the children of Israel did see that they were in evil case after it was said, you shall not minish aught from your bricks or your daily task. Meaning, I'm not going to help you. I'm going to make your job harder, but you still have to meet your weekly goal. Amen? Trust me, when you start walking with Jesus, the pharaohs of this world are going to stand against you. Right? But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Right? Jesus said that while you're in the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Right? Have you ever really thought about that verse? Huh? While you're in this world, while you're doing godly things, people are going to do mean things to you. People are going to hurt you. People are going to talk about you. People are going to do bad things to you. But be happy. Right? Pretty much what the verse says. While you're in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be happy. Be happy. Why? Because I, Jesus Christ, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So what, what is that teaching us? That's teaching us that if we're going to persevere, our eyes have got to be single on Jesus. Right? You can't sow, you can't sow to the Spirit and 15 minutes be out in the world sowing to the flesh. Doesn't work like that. Does not work like that. Do not expect the rod to turn into a serpent when you're living like that. Amen? If you want to sow to the Spirit, then you sow to the Spirit. And you keep sowing to the Spirit. And you keep sowing to the Spirit. And you put yourselves like Mary at the feet of Jesus. When everything around you is going crazy, you put yourself at the feet of Jesus and allow Him to fuel and feed your life. You persevere through all the stuff that Satan puts in your way. You persevere and allow the imminence of Jesus Christ to be your breath and to be your existence and to be the reason you walk. Huh? Because if we don't, then we're really no different than what we say we came out of. 
right? We're still what we were. Jesus is calling us to a place to where we don't sow to the flesh at all. But only sow to the Spirit. And we embrace that life and we embrace that power and we embrace the promises of heaven over the things of this life. Amen? He even tells us that, that, if, that if we save our life, then we surely lose it. Right? If we work hard to save this life, then we lose the life of our purpose. We lose the life of our promise. We lose the life of our hope that God gave us. At any moment here, Moses could have said, it's too much, God. Too much. Too hard. Pharaoh, Pharaoh's wanting to kill me. Any minute now, he's going to put a spear through my chest. I, I go to the people I'm trying to deliver in your name. And, and all they do is, is talk bad about me, talk about me behind my back, tell me that I ought to be judged, tell me that I ought to be lynched, tell me that I ought to just go back home. Amen? I got nobody but you, God. It's too much. You ask the impossible. I'm leaving. Amen? And God didn't respond too kindly to it. God didn't respond too kindly to it. Because here's what happened. <clears throat> and they, the children of Israel, and they met Moses and Aaron, who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, The Lord look upon you and judge. Because you have made our Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh. Can you believe that? The very person who imprisons them, they're now worried that their light and salt, their Savior, amen? Remember in the New Testament when it says that, that we're to be the salt of the earth? Amen? And it talks about our Savior? Amen? How, how we flavor people with, with Jesus? You remember what I'm talking about? Amen? It's, it's King James Version, but, but surely you've heard it, right? Amen. The children of Israel are now in a place where they're more worried about Pharaoh's opinion than God's. Our Savior with Pharaoh has been aboard. He doesn't like us. He hates us. Our life stinks. Amen. God responds. God responds. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it that thou hast sent me? Now you've even got Moses singing their whining, right? He's kind of singing their whining. For since I came to Pharaoh to speak of the house, he hath done evil to the people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. God here shows Moses and all of us that he had it all in the palm of his hand. He says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of this land. And God spake unto Moses, said, and said unto him, and Christian, you need to hear this. Amen. If your road is too hard for your, for your abilities, you need to hear what God says to Moses here. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. 
And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. God will never forget who He is. But unfortunately, we do sometimes. You hear me? God will never forget who He is. God will never forget His promises. God will never be powerless in any situation or in any circumstance. God will remain God and He will remain on His throne till kingdom come. We just got to remember that. We have to remember that and we have to choose to walk in that. Knowing, knowing that no matter what stands against us, my Redeemer lives. Oh, come on now. No matter what stands against me, my Redeemer lives. Amen? No matter how bad the circumstances or the situation, amen, I am as I am. No matter the hurt, no matter the hardship, no matter the difficulty, God's still on the throne. And He will still work on your behalf in whatever situation you're in. Amen? So you've got to choose to walk away from the lesser. You've got to choose to walk away from the lesser things. The things that will bring deceit and corruption and hurt and difficulty in your life, and you've got to choose to start walking in the fullness of God. Amen? Paul, Paul told us that in the New Testament, that we are to walk in the fullness of God and the fullness of His Spirit, allowing Him to be our Maker. Amen? So why don't we? Why aren't we? Why, why, does, why does the least little thing throw us off track? Well, I think it's simple. We don't spend enough time at His feet. We don't spend enough time at His feet. We think we figure it all out. And we're content with that. And, and so we just, we just go. Right? Well, here's my plan. Here's my way of doing things. And yeah, God bless that, would you? That's kind of how we approach God. Right? It's not kind of how God works. God's kind of from the, uh, hey, I've got a plan. And you, you, just, you just need to step out on the water. You just need to trust me. You just need to go. You just need to do this, right? I had a friend. Y'all wouldn't know her. And um, not on Facebook with her, so you can't go and investigate and try and figure it out. But I had a friend, friend reach out to me this week whose husband was just called into a, a pretty difficult ministry situation. And she ain't happy about it. She's not happy about it. And, and so she reaches out to me and says, hey, I really need you to pray for me. And I don't want to burden him with this, but blah, 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 and, and everything else. And so I just kind of just let her talk and, and heard her out and everything else like that. And it was all, it was, it was all mostly because, well, um, I'm not going to give up my family for this. I'm not going to give up my job for this. I'm not going to give up this for this. I'm not going to walk away from this and everything else like that. And I said, fair enough, fair enough, but let me ask you a question. Do you believe that we're to forsake all for the cause of Jesus Christ? Absolutely, Jay. You know I believe that. I said, and do you believe that he forsook all 
for us? Yes, absolutely. And do you believe that he loves the church with his every being? Why, absolutely. I said, and is your husband called to walk in his name? I didn't get a real quick response on that one. A few minutes later and everything else, she says, you walked me right into that, didn't you? I said, what we have to understand is that when we, we choose to walk with Jesus, we have to fully walk away from the world. We have to fully walk away from its influences over us and any power that the pharaohs of this life might choose to keep a finger on us with. Right? So when we choose to walk away from worldliness, we're choosing to walk away from the things that keep us from God's plan in our life. And sometimes those decisions are difficult. Sometimes those decisions are hard. But they are only difficult and they're only hard when we hold on to what's against God's will in the first place. And what I have found, and, and trust me, trust me, I've, I've I, I, you know, I didn't just pull that out and respond to her with those texts without a lot of thought. Man, I had to live that. I had to go through that. I had to make those hard decisions. You know, 30 years into this thing, there's been a lot of times that our plan didn't work out. There's been a lot of times that our thoughts and processes and, and our paper lining up or not lining up isn't exactly what God wanted to do, and we had to wad it up and throw it away because God had a bigger choice. And so in me telling her that if you're called and you believe you're called to serve, then you got to trust God wherever He takes you. you got to trust Him wherever He's going. You've got to trust Him whatever He's doing and however He's doing it. Amen? And after we, we talked about that a little bit more and we, we came back to a friendly place. Amen? She said, how can we be sure? Good question tough question, right? I said, well, in my opinion, not that I know everything, but in my opinion, that comes by removing yourself from the world. That comes from removing yourself from the influences of this life and the thinking of this life, allowing the word to be alive inside of you and allowing the light of Jesus Christ to show you the way. You can't sow to the flesh and sow to the Spirit. Don't even pretend, friend. Amen? I've had a number of people a hundred times say, well, I can, I can go to heaven and do this. Maybe, maybe. But you're still sowing to the flesh, pal. You're still sowing to the flesh. And you are not going to be empowered and you are not going to be enlightened sowing to the flesh. I got a hundred scriptures to back that up. We're called out, but we are called into marvelous power and we are called into marvelous grace. We just have to choose to walk away from the stuff and walk in it. Walk in it. Walk where Jesus is. Walk what he's doing. I'm going to tell you what, 
when you're walking where He is, that power will fill you. You will feel it. You will know it. Amen? And, and the little darts will just ding off of you. People will turn their nose up at you. People will get angry at you. All manner of things will happen to you and you'll just keep walking because you know you're walking with Jesus and they're angry because they ain't. One of the greatest things that we have to choose in this life is perseverance. It's not promised to be easy. I look through the scriptures from Moses to Joseph and on and on and on and on. None of them had an easy time. None of them had an easy time. There's not a disciple that had an easy road. Jesus himself in all his glory didn't have an easy road. Amen? But what they all did that we wish we could do is they persevered. They walked away from the things that stood in God's way. And they persevered through to the victory. So friend, I'm challenging you this morning to walk away from the things that make you stop. Walk away from the things that make you question. Walk away from the things that make you say, yeah, I don't know about Jesus thing. Amen? Because those are the very Pharaohs bringing more work, bringing more hardship, bringing more difficulty into your life. Walk away from them. Choose to embrace the presence of Jesus Christ and its power and walk in that every day. And let him do the unthinkable in you. I can't wait. I can't wait to sit down in heaven. I'm at that hair growing long stage. It's at that weird stage too. Most of you know the story that when I'm doing my conferences and things, I got to keep my hair all nice and, and trim and cool and business looking. And, and Sam likes it longer. So when I'm not in my business travel stages and everything else, it, it grows out for her. And, and so I'm at that stage where it like falls down and I'm a little crazy with it. Amen. But <clears throat> the things we do, right, guys? Um, sometimes we pursue what makes us happy. We pursue what brings contentment in a moment, in a situation, in a scenario. Sometimes we just simply pursue easy. Amen? That's what the, the, the Hebrew children are complaining about here. They want it easy, or at least easier. Right? And so instead of bringing themselves to God... They brought themselves to Pharaoh. And sometimes that's what we do. Sometimes, instead of when things get rough, coming to Jesus and asking for power, asking for footprints that we can walk in, asking for truth and righteousness bestowed and born us, sometimes we go to Pharaoh and ask that the load get easier and Pharaoh just laughs at us. And makes it harder and harder and harder for us. Right? We are called into power. Right? I want you to understand that. We are called into power. What did Moses tell? Or what did, Jesus, what did God tell Moses when, when he told him to go? He said, you just go. 
I'll supply the power. Right? You just go. I would love to sit down on the shore. Right? I would love to sit down on the shore when I get to heaven and hang out with Moses for a little bit. And I believe I'm going to get that opportunity. Think about that. I'm going to be hanging out with Moses. That's pretty cool, right? Right? And I, and I want to just sit there with my mouth shut and hear him tell me what he thought when God did all the miracles. I want to hear his reaction when he put that rod down for the first time and it turned into a serpent and swallowed up the serpents of the Egyptian magicians. I want to hear that firsthand count. Amen? Because I know Moses is going to tell it to me from a standpoint of, dude, I had no idea. He's going to say, dude. He's going to say, dude, I had no idea what was getting ready to go down. I had no idea. I was scared to death. I was clueless. I'm standing there thinking a spear is going to go through my chest any minute. And all I heard was you just got to put the rod down. And so I threw the rod down and bam, this happened. And that happened. And the river turns to blood and the locusts and, and all of these things happened. Because I chose to just keep walking with God. No matter how hard, no matter how scary it got, I chose to just keep walking with God. And he did all of these incredible, incredible things. And friend, he doesn't respect Moses more than he respects you. Right? He's no respecter of persons. Right? What does that mean? It means Moses has no greater elevation than you or I do. Right? We tell Moses' story because Moses persevered. We tell Moses' story because Moses chose to go against the flow and do what God called him into. That's why we talk about Moses. We don't talk about Moses because God has set him on a shelf any higher than the shelf he's given me or you. We talk about Moses because Moses carried it out. And so, friend, our challenge, if we are to fully walk away if we are to fully step out of the tomb, fold up our grave clothes, and leave them behind, and so do our spirit, and walk in the truth and righteousness of Jesus Christ, we are called to a place to where we persevere, and we endure, we endure through the generations to the very end. That we might praise and exalt, not yourself, not yourself, amen? One thing, if you really start walking with Jesus, you're going to learn real quick is get over yourself, amen? And if you haven't done that, you'll learn it the hard way, amen, right? You'll learn it the hard way, amen? Is to get over ourselves and so do the Spirit and walk in the truth and righteousness of Jesus Christ. No matter the opposition, honey, it's going to be our friends, it's going to be our family, it's going to be our neighborhood. Sometimes it's going to be our church. Amen? But the reality is it's going to be those who are choosing to stand in opposition of God's purpose and plan for your life. And I say keep walking. I say keep walking. Persevere to the end. And you will receive a crown of life. Life everlasting. Amen? We might lose 
what the world would consider our life down here, but we will gain a life so much more. Amen? I want to sit down and talk with Moses. Maybe Moses wants to sit down and talk with you. What are you getting ready to do? What are you getting ready to do for Jesus? Huh? That has Moses standing up there saying, man, I can't wait till he gets here. Can't wait till she shows up because I want to hear what she thought. I want to hear what she felt. Is Moses waiting to hear from you? Hmm? Maybe. Let's walk away. Let's walk away. Let's join hands with Jesus and let's see big and great things. Amen? Let's stand and sing.